Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am your hostess, Pat Rulo, and today I am just thrilled to share a recent Firebird Book Award winning author with you. She is V.G. Anderson, and her book is titled The Light in the Sound. V.G. Anderson was born in Salt Lake City, Utah, but grew up in the Pacific Northwest near Seattle. She studied psychology, journalism, and creative writing at Indiana University and has an MFA in creative writing from Spalding University, Louisville, Kentucky. Her short fiction and poetry have appeared in the United States, UK, and Canadian literary magazines, and she was nominated for a Pushcart Prize in 2018. She is a full-time writer and freelance editor, currently exploring the United States in a vintage tiny house, RV, that she renovated with her husband. And to learn more about her and follow her work, head over to vganderson.com. And we have lots to talk about today, so welcome to the network, VG. Hello! I'm so excited to be here! (laughs) (laughs) Well, with that, I'm excited that you're here as well. I love your enthusiasm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, tiny house renovation. We have to start with that. I love that. Just tell us a little bit more. Yes, okay. So, um, basically we renovated a vintage RV tiny house style. It's just totally modernized and I made him put solar panels on it and the whole nine yards. It's, I, I don't know completely how I convinced him to do that, but I did and hooray for it. <laughs> It, it's awesome. And I get a lot of questions about that, too. A lot of people wonder. It doesn't run on solar power, but everything inside runs on solar power. Mm-hmm. And that is amazing. That is so amazing. I love that kind of lifestyle. A couple of years ago, well, maybe about 10 years ago, we had a, a 40-foot diesel push, and we drove that around the country. And, and it's, it's just a different lifestyle like that. And then we kind of scale down and have a smaller one now. And... um yeah, it's just a, such a fun way to travel and live, isn't it? It is. It is. It's a whole lifestyle. There's a whole uh, community out here that we kind of, we. it's fun because we'll go all these different places and then we'll run into people we saw last summer in New Mexico or Florida or, you know? <laughs> yep. No, it it is. It's a it's a great way to start conversations and meet new people. And as you say, it's a very, it's a fun and welcoming community as well. It is. Yep. Yes, it is. And it and it um lends an opportunistic hand to book marketing. That's been really unique. In in the oddest ways. I sell a lot of books in laundromats. <laughs> no, I I get that. I've done that too where you're selling out the back of your trunk at a rest stop. So I get it. <laughs> Right. Practically, that's practically what it feels like. It's the funny thing, what you do and who you are, and they're all picking up books, and that's been one of the funnest side effects of it. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of crazy, but it's, but it's neat. Oh, I'm glad, yeah. <laughs> glad we talked about that. Well, listen, congratulations on uh, the Firebird book win. Thank you. Oh my gosh, such an honor. And, you know, I've been excited about how excited others are about it, too, and it's a lot of people are even more interested in submitting as well, and that's that's been exciting. Thank you, thank you, uh, thank you for joining us. So before we talk about your your book that won, um, I was interested in something you wrote on your about page about you. And by the way, I love your about page. That was just extremely creative and fun to read. But you wrote, "I write to sort the chaos and clear the clutter. I don't really have a choice." And I thought, I would like to explore that for a moment. 
<laughs> the voice is in my head. <laughs> it's it's wild. Um, you know, I think a lot of writers talk about this. They kind of keep us up at night, all the characters and the stories and the possibilities. And, you know, I, I feel fortunate. I have a really firm grasp on reality versus imagination, but that imagination is so loud and so vivid. And I, I think if I didn't write it down, I'm, I might be in some trouble. <laughs> That's true. That's true to sort out the chaos and clutter. I love that. Um, thinking back just, just to living in a tiny house or, you know, being on the road, you've got to sort the chaos and clutter as well there. There's not enough space for that. So I kind of saw a parallel between somewhat of your lifestyle and what you wrote there as well. Yes. I, you know, it's funny when we first hit the road, I was blogging separately about travel and then my fiction and nonfiction writing was a separate thing. And as time went on, it all just started merging. And now I've got this sci-fi dystopian I'm launching soon with this girl who hits the road in an RV on the run. And it, it just all becomes one. <laughs> do you find it easy to write on the road or do you need to be home in your space in a quiet spot? How, how does that work for you? Um, yeah, you know, what we did is I have kind of a custom little office space inside. And again, everything like my screen and my computer and speakers and everything run off solar. So I can just kind of stay up typical writer style in the wee hours of the night, you know, burning that midnight oil and punching out words on whatever I was dreaming up that day. And, and that's been, that's just, that's been amazing. I'm not sure... Yeah, we'll just stop there. I would, <laughs> I would chastise myself if if I were doing any less. So yeah, I'm I'm really happy that's worked out the way it has. Oh my gosh, that is the life, isn't it? It can get a little dicey with trying to juggle work, but a lot of times I'll be juggling work during the day, and then I'll I'll hit my, you know, clock clock out hours proverbial, and then I'll start into my own writing time, and I'm really happy I have the power to do that, <laughs> being on the road. All right, well, let's talk about the book that won, The Light in the Sound. That is an intriguing title in and of itself. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about the book? Ah, okay. Well, um, admittedly, originally, I wanted to title it Throwing Ketchup. <laughs> that was not widely received among my readers and peers. And <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Thank you. I ended up giving a chapter, the, the title, but um, I have to give credit to my husband on this one, and, and he recommended that I pull it from the scene. There's a particular scene in the book where she's having this kind of personal awareness. She's she's realizing some things inside herself, and she connects with this painting that she did that's on her own wall, <laughs> and, and it's it's a moment for sure. You know, it's like one of those moments we kind of have where we realize things about ourselves we may not have realized before. And, and it came from that and it felt truly inspired. And I, I feel like it's one of those things where you write it, but you miss it, you know, and it stood out to him. He said, you know, this is a profound scene. Maybe you should pull your title from this. And boom, we had a winner. So I got to give them a little bit of credit. <laughs> we just did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. He's, he's my he's my best reader, my my first and best reader, which is nice because my family will generally not read my work. So I'm glad my husband will. Oh, you know what's good about that is that he knows you best and he probably is not afraid to say or tell you the truth 
uh, for fear of upsetting you. So, you know, I think that relationship probably helps him to uh, be your best reader. True. It, it does. It really does. And he, he knows my breaking point and when I need to be lifted up and he's good at reading those <laughs> moments Aww. too. Aww, I love your husband. He sounds like a good one. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us a little about the book then. So give us a peek so our, so our listeners can be enticed. Um, well, we have a, oh, good. I was, I was kind of, it's always a struggle to describe your own work, but <laughs> I, I do often say this, it's the most, it's not autobiographical, but it's the most biographical thing I'll probably ever write. It, <laughs> it definitely was inspired by my early years. When I was in my eight, when I was 18 and early 20s, I worked in an adult toy shop outside Seattle. And those are some really um, unique experiences I had at that time. And it was definitely inspired by that. I thought, you know, if someone could pull this, almost pull the sex out of it, not entirely, but just, you know, pull the comedy from it and the human interaction with the experiences you have with those clients and the people you work with and get that into a book and how it affects dating and how it affects your life and just all of that. And so that was what originally inspired it. But then it became more about her being happy with herself and not needing someone else to define her. And so as I was going along, it it just it was kind of a love story to begin with. It became more about the love story with herself. Interesting where you're mixing the Mormon background and adult porn shops. I mean, it was it, it's kind of there's a lot going on. Right. Yeah. Yeah, she is. She's going through a bit of a crisis in terms of how she was raised and and getting to see the world through a different lens. And I think that's fun, too. I've gotten a lot of feedback from readers on that, that they went through something similar, being raised in these kind of devout religious upbringings and then getting out in the world and being like, whoa, this is not what's reality, you know? And so I think they they get the strong sense that they're taking that journey with her uh, on this kind of the same wavelength. And I love that. I love that. More than anything, I write to connect with people who want to feel heard and, and relate, you know, wants to know that there's someone out there that thinks like them or has had similar experiences to them. And so they feel a little less alone. And that's, been the most gratifying thing I think of anything else in all of my writing is all the people that have come out and said you made me feel less alone and that makes me feel less alone and I just love that oh that is that's that's kind of the cherry on top and I would imagine that being that this was a bit bio autobiographical it would be easy for people to connect because it wasn't just a fabrication of your mind I mean this was bits and pieces of you um, mm -hmm. a, you know a real human so I could see how people would be able to connect to that. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm really careful about that. And this, in this particular project, I, I definitely delved in pretty far on that one. I divulged, I divulged a bit much, but I, I think it was worth it. I really do. Was that easy for you to do as you were writing? Were there times when you thought, "Pull my eraser out! I got to get rid of that." Oh yeah, totally. Now, I mean. It's literally the shortest, most succinct, concise thing I've ever written, but it was the absolute hardest in terms of, you know, not going too far into reality. Because it's an interesting thing with fiction is 
you know, fiction really is the lie that tells the truth, but it has to be more organized than reality or people don't get on board with it. And this is one of the strangest things in terms of how our subconsciouses react with, with fiction and writing in general is we, you know, have this crazy world that oftentimes feels upside down and doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but you can't put that in a book, you know, without wrapping it up to some degree or people get frustrated because they're looking for that sense. They, they want things to make sense in the way in books that they don't in the real world. And so that's where I encountered a lot of trouble is, you know, just keeping it in that fictional realm where ultimately in the end things made sense, where in reality they probably didn't and never will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I get that. It's an interesting thought. Now, there's a lot of intertwined and complicated relationships. And as I was thinking about talking about complicated relationships, then I thought, well, then again, aren't they all? I mean, aren't all relationships right? complicated? Right, right. Any person who triggers emotion in us, yeah, it's going to get complicated. Were your characters... Um, Did they come to you? Did you create them? How did the character development come about? Um, A lot of them were inspired. I, you know, I saw this funny SNL interview recently where one of the actors was talking about how they'll be inspired by a very eccentric character they encountered in life, and then they'll turn it into this larger-than-life person on screen. And I connected with that. I was like, yes, that's what I tend to do as a writer is I'll encounter someone with a quirky personality or something unique that stands out about them. And then I'll turn them into the super exaggerated version of them in my writing. So a lot of it comes from that. I will make little notes. Sometimes I'll get like a a single line, like a character in my head will say something that I think is especially smart or insightful or just ridiculous in an entertaining way. And I'll write that down and then I'll build a whole character around that craziness. Oh, that's interesting. That's fun. (laughs) Yeah, it is. But bring it all together to make sense. That's the harder part. So as you were writing this, did you learn something about yourself? Were there realizations as you're creating this character that was, you know, a little bit pulled from you? How did you grow or come away after the writing of this book? How did it change you? Um, I probably would not have realized how much. This was actually my second novel that I had written. My first one, um, I'm still kind of hiding in a drawer. It may or may not eventually be released. But that one was much more fiction related in an imaginary world. And so doing writing this novel and then juxtaposing how I felt after finishing this novel compared to that one, it was. It was profound. I, I walked away from it feeling like even though many aspects of her aren't me, because so many are, I feel like I had really explored that that life, you know, like, like given her her own life, her own identity, but explored it in a way that would be universally um, accessible to a lot of readers. And that was a very, excuse me, that's a very draining but fulfilling experience. That would be draining. At the end, it would be somewhat cathartic, I would think, but then also exhausting and kind of happy you're done and, and kind of sad that you're done. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. It was, it was, it was, it was kind of a, 
It was a happy funeral. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get that. I get that because the characters and the, the, you know, you're so immersed in this story, whether it's drawn from you or not purely fictional, you're just so pulled into this and so immersed into this, into the writing of this, that when it's over, I always feel like it's a bit sad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I appreciate that too, hearing that from readers when they're sad and they wanted more. That's a, that's a yes. good feeling. If they're like, Oh, I'm so glad it was over. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> glad I finished that one. <laughs> right. I made it through. <laughs> Sometimes you watch a good movie and it's like, Oh my, I wish that that would go on. I wish it was a series so I could see more. Mm -hmm. So. Right. Right. I'm doing that recently with that Discovery Witches adaptation. I just, I want that to be longer. <laughs> I understand. I do. So what about the cover? How did that come about? Um, the cover was a long time in the making. So the first cover it was released with was a little more, oh, I don't know, a little more literary. That's weird. This book has kind of towed the line. Um, bouncing between, I, I feel like new adult fiction, it's not, it's, I get a lot of feedback on this and it's been a struggle. It's not chick lit, it's not literary fiction, it's somewhere in between. I, I tend to land more on new adult. But the original cover didn't quite fit it. It pulled from a scene in the book and I thought it was very artsy, but it wasn't quite hitting the mark and so we kind of kept troubleshooting it even after it was released. And eventually I ran, well, I stumbled upon this artist whose work I felt could really um, exemplify the story. And I talked to her and I said, you know, this is my vision. What can we do? And she was absolutely amazing. So that was, that was fun. <laughs> Covers are difficult. You say you don't judge a book by a cover, but you actually do. Um, you do. You, you yeah. do, yeah. You really do. And I struggled, too, because I've had so many men tell me that they were shocked that they liked my book. And I, I, I tell you what, it's such a backhanded compliment. But um, at the same time, I kind of get it. A lot of literature is, you know, it leans one way or another and has target audiences. And it's really difficult with that cover for men to discern, you know, go like, oh, a lot of a lot of covers are targeting women. Mm -hmm. well, that's true. Yeah. Yep. So you are exploring now several new books. You're in the process of several books that go outside of of this genre. Let's talk about what's coming up next. Yes. My, oh, I don't know, my first love of, of writing. I really love um, middle grade and YA stories. I was such a huge fan of, of Madeline Langle when I was young and um, wrinkle in time and those books just changed my world and turned me into who I am today in so many ways. So I have actually from the very beginning leaned more toward writing for younger readers and I'm shifting back there at this point for a while. So what's coming up? I think there were about three, three books you're working on? Yes, there is. Well, my story collection, and this is, I'm going to prove myself wrong here for a second. My story collection was written around the same time period as The Light and the Sound, and that is more literary. That is um, character-driven, and there's only two stories in there that venture into genre, and the majority of it is, you know, just characters interacting with the world in unusual ways, and that's fun. A lot of those stories have been published in various literary magazines and journals, and that was the one story that was nominated for a Pushcart Prize. 
So that's coming out um, here within the next couple of months. Um, we had a delay release on that due to all the COVID stuff, but it is coming out this year. And then um, after that, yes, I'm I'm back to my roots. I've been I've got a middle grade reader coming out. Um, Mirabelle's Manor, Home for Wayward Witches, and we've got this orphan girl with unusual abilities. And with there's a big um, melting pot of diversity in that book, which I've had a lot of fun with. I've got kind of orphans, um, girls who feel out of place from all over the world, and I've got this funny little boy thrown in who's trying to navigate this big world of, of magical women. And it's I, I think there's a lot of comedy in there. So that's a fun one. I'm really excited about that release. That's going to be a series. And, you know, I spend a lot of time charting my um, family tree for crazy names. <laughs> We've got so many fun ones, Zola and Lavelda. And, I mean, these people were just born to be witches in my books. And then, um, and then I've got a sci-fi series, which is up until recently is probably what I would have considered my, my magnum opus. But um, basically it's a girl who is torn away from her family as well. Um, this is kind of a common trope in, in young adult lit. So we have her torn away from her family as well. But she's on the run, and she's, she's fighting um, big forces that are attacking the whole world. And it's kind of, it's kind of like, um, it's sci-fi dystopian, but also it's, it trends into sort of a superhero kind of a storyline with people. have a lot of these people have unusual, though. it's much more adult, but still, still young adult. So, Oh, wow. And all these at the same time and all quite different. And, and you mentioned comedy. You definitely have this comedic sense about you. Um, I could just tell that from your website. <laughs> you know, someone told me once, it's the anger. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and I clicked with that. I, you know, I wasn't really getting it. A lot of people kept saying, you're so, your writing is so funny. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm mad. <laughs> You know, I get, I get that it's because I know I do that myself with sarcasm and people think it's funny, but it's really anger coming out, you know, in a sarcastic way. And people think, oh, that's so funny. And you're right. You're thinking right. this is not funny at all. <laughs> right, right. I finally clicked. I don't know. It, it had been a long while. I was watching stand-up comedy, which I absolutely love. And I was watching a stand-up comedy. I was like, this is it. I was like, you're expressing your angers in the world in a lighthearted way and that everyone can connect with. And I was like, there we go. That's the ticket. <laughs> that is, you know what? I've, I have not thought of it that way. I, I host a radio show and, um, I am quite sarcastic and people just think it's funny and and now we we just we just shed some light on that. I I never really thought of it in these terms. This conversation has been enlightening for me. Thank you. Oh gosh, you're too fun. <laughs> so are you. All right, let's talk about your work as a freelance editor because I know that you um offer some services. So share a little bit about that side of your life. I do, yes. Um, I, I specialize in fiction and nonfiction. I don't specialize in a specific genre. With the MFA in writing, you know, I put a lot of emphasis on that character development. And I try to tell people this, too, is stories are about characters. Like, they can be magical. They can be from outer space. They can be from, you know, the core of the earth. It doesn't really matter what writers or readers are really connecting with is 
your character development and how the characters are interacting with each other, how they're interacting with the world, their internal monologue, stuff like that. So I don't tend to pigeonhole myself in a particular genre. I say we're going to look at your character development and we're going to focus on that above all else. And then we'll sort out whether or not, you know, this AI is really going to do this or that or the other. But, um, yeah, so my socialist fiction and creative nonfiction, I love working on um, motivational, inspiring projects as well. Worked with a lot of a really amazing women writers recently that have just blown my mind. And, um, yeah, I just, you know, I spent so long in college and there's a lot of people who went to college for other things or did other things with their life and they they did not have the time or did not have the opportunity to spend, you know, spend all that time studying, writing and the various developmental aspects of it. And I love being able to give that back to other authors and wrap it up in a nutshell. And and you can, a lot of writers don't realize, you know, you can you can get everything you need in a in a consult with a professional editor, and it's it's an amazing experience. I think it's kind of a spiritual experience in many ways, in fact, because our writing is our, our coming from the depths of our, our souls in many ways, no matter how light or heavy it is. And so I really like connecting with my clients on, on that level. It's very fulfilling for me, and I, I hope so for them as well. I love that you said that and that you, your focus is on their character development because that's pretty much what it's all about. And because I think when people think about working with an editor, they, they're afraid and they're thinking of somebody who's going to, you know, sit there with, with a red pen and be circling in the grammar and, right. and all of right. that, uh, which is obviously extremely important. But to feel that you have an ally who's going to work with you to make the story better or to work on your characters together. I think that sets you apart. I hope so. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. And I, I hope so. Definitely. I had a professor in graduate school who made such a point of saying, you know, a missing comma or a misspelled word here and there is really not that important. What people are looking at is the story overall. And I mean, I can't tell the missing commas and the misspelled words, but most importantly, we're looking at that story overall. And I think a lot of authors are shocked to find out that I'm not judging them for missing a comma or misspelling a word. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not a clinical process necessarily. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's just not. And a lot of them expect it to be. And yeah, it's just not. No, I get that. I get that for sure. All right. Well, why don't you share then any contact information where folks can find out more about you, where they could purchase your books, and how they might want to contact you for working together with that editing process that we just discussed? Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. So my author site is vganderson.com. And there's lots of stuff to jump down the rabbit hole there. It's, I hope it's a fun site. And then <laughs> we try. And then um, Night Owl Freelance, tons of information there. So nightowlfreelance.com. And that's all my editing information and, and background and portfolios. And there's lots of fun stuff there as well. And I will – okay, so we are on the verge of launching. One of the things that I've noticed um, a lot with authors over the years and this constant is once your book is out, how do you market it? And a lot of authors are struggling with that. And I have worked with a group um, this past year. We've been putting together this site that's 
supposed to help authors get reviews and uh, market their books. We've found in, in beta um, different like we've kind of tested some ways it can work and we'll be like Amazon compliant and all those fun things. So um, we're going to be launching that here in about a week and that is BigfootReviews.com. So I hope a lot of um, readers and authors will check that site out as well. All right, I'm writing this down. We've got your website, VGAnderson.com, uh, your editing site, NightOwlFreelance.com, and your book marketing website coming out, Bigfoot, Bigfoot what? Yes, BigfootReviews.com. And the, yeah, the slogan is getting book reviews should not be as hard as finding Bigfoot. (laughs) 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 That was, that was the inspiration. I said that to my husband one day. I said, my gosh, getting book reviews. (laughs) <laughs> should not be as hard as finding Bigfoot. And I was like, I'm launching a company. <laughs> like, oh, the light went off and the, the bells right. were ringing. Right. You're so funny. This is awesome. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're jumping into beta on that here in like a week. So, yeah. Excellent. Very keep me posted on that. Share all of that with me as you go through that process so I can I could keep it in front of folks as well. Anything we missed that you wanted to bring up before we begin to wrap up? Oh, gosh. Um, Just, you know, just thanking you. You're such a delight, and I just adore you, and I love your how much you give to this this particular writing competition. It's just, it's a beautiful thing, you know, what you guys are doing and donating to, and I just I just love that this landed on my doorstep somehow. And just thank you. Thank you. You're so welcome. I feel like whoever I meet... Uh, is not a random occurrence. Uh, you know, all of the authors that seem to come to us and when we do these author interviews, I feel like we come away as friends. So um, the outcome is a win-win for everyone all the way around. So thank you for saying that. Thank you for being here. VG Anderson. And the book is titled The Light in the Sound. Website VGAnderson.com. What a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you again, Pat. You're awesome. 